So welcome to the episode. Now, I don't think Jai Long needs much of an uh, introduction. He was interviewed back in episode 10, June 2020, that long ago. It's a bit of a break in my podcast end, but I mean, Jai Long, it's a staple name in the industry. I think everyone knows Jai, and if you don't, you need to know Jai. I'm going to do a little cap on what I know about Jai, and then uh, let's see what I don't know about Jai. This episode's really going to go out to those photographers that want to excel in their business, want to push and grow, and also learn about this amazing thing Jai's doing to our audience, which is the Wedding Summit, which we'll, we'll really finish on. So, so welcome to the episode, Jai. Thanks for having me, man. Um, just saying that out loud, I didn't realize that our last episode was so long ago. <laughs> Mate, it's a year ago, right? So yeah, I'm looking forward to no. uh, jumping in. I think, I think Jai, last time I chatted to you, I think there was about three businesses on the table. And in my notebook now, I've almost got about 10. So um, let's see if I'm <laughs> right. So Jai, tell me if I'm right or wrong. You've got Free the Bird Weddings, Make Your Break Podcast, Heartbreak Hotel. You've got the Wedding Summit. You've got No Skin Clothing. You've got the Six Figure Business Map and also Properties or property development mm-hmm. group that you've started. Is there anything I'm missing? No, the only thing that's not true anymore is I actually sold Heartbreak Hotel. So um, that happened at the end of last year. Wow, congratulations, man. Awesome. And and yeah. I see you rocking the no skin shirt. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's from idea to finally getting launched. And right now we're in the stages of, we've got our first product run. And I think it's, a little bit, I think this is probably the hardest stage of business because you're in between of like, um, it's just starting out and there's not enough money, there's not enough resources, not enough everything and you're trying to get off the ground, there's no reputation and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think also not having enough products, not enough product line and stuff like that. So it's easy to beat yourself up and think you're not doing enough. But really, the business has only been open for six weeks. So when I think about it, it's actually done a lot in six weeks. It's just that I'm very impatient. You know, I want stuff to blow up in six days. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good outlook though. So no skin, just explaining that to the audience. Is this a vegan clothing range from my understanding? Yeah, it's a unisex vegan clothing range. And we are more on the higher end with clothing because in the vegan space there isn't anything like that and i think it's really important just because like for myself just because if i'm vegan or i decide to have a you know a different lifestyle or different choice especially with my ethics and stuff i don't think i should be punished with how i can dress so that's the whole concept of it it's it's like you know we don't need to bring any kind of cruelty into like the production line of uh creating clothing Man, awesome. I, I remember when I seen uh, a few of your product launches or beta testing, I guess. Um, yeah, your things online. I was like, man, they're incredible. Like really, yeah, you could see the, the quality and craftsmanship in it. And I thought to myself straight away, wow, like I don't believe there is a, like anything I've seen like out there mm-hmm. for this. And, and a lot of my friends are vegan as well. And I know they stand by that, something like that. And they really care about how they look. So I think that's really beautiful. I'm going to jump straight in, Jai, because I know you're a busy man and, I, and, and this whole podcast for me is about like really honing in on a few things. So first off, going back to when Jai started in the wedding photography realm, Free the Bird was the, the wedding business. Now, how is that going these days and what made you diversify into the next thing that you started and what was that? 
Man, it's um, it's going, it's going crazy. It's bigger than I can handle now. Uh, Free the bird. I think I shot like four weddings in the last week or something, and I was just literally editing some weddings just before I jumped on here because I need to get back to things. But I'm not the type of person that likes to leave things hanging or or not putting attention into everything that I do. And the only reason why I do everything is because I believe I can put 100% into it. And I and I think that with my wedding photography, I think. For myself, I diversified pretty quickly because I have a lot of energy, uh, a lot of ambition. And for me, like running one business, especially like a wedding photography business, isn't enough on my plate, to be honest. Like I don't think, I don't think it's hard enough. I don't think there's, yeah, there just wasn't that much to do because I'm good at marketing. I'm good at networking. I'm good at running systems and putting things into place. So because I'm not struggling trying to work those things out and I've just, I know how to do it, it means you've got a lot of time on your hands. So from there, like once I build a business that I believe is successful, then I can replicate it and replicate it and replicate it. And then I kind of keep going along like that. And I think a lot of people make mistake of trying to diversify too soon. So they got one business that's not doing well. And then they try and get another business thinking they're going to make more income. But what happens is, is you have two shit businesses, right? <laughs> and like you just, and you struggle even more because that now you have to like keep up two social media accounts. You need to keep up with two websites, two systems, two staff, payroll, insurance, like all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you need to have a, a well-oiled machine before you move on and think about your next project, I think. And what was that? the business you started, what was the first thing you did post weddings? I mean, I know you're still in the the realm of shooting weddings and stuff, but what was the first business you, you had started after that? The first thing was, um, and it was a year after I started wedding photography, was uh, it was called Free the Bird Workshop. And so I had Free the Bird Workshop and that was like its own business. I ran it like its own business, its own payroll, its own everything. And um, yeah, that was a bit of a beast. Like we were doing like four workshops a year, sold out workshops around Australia and New Zealand. And um, we were doing them year in, year out, and it was an incredible run. And so that actually evolved into what I have now, which is Jai Long. So this is not like a new business. It started in 2015. And it just takes, you know, it takes so long, like with anything, to keep showing up, keep being relentless, keep bringing value, all that kind of stuff. And and then when you ventured into workshops, Jai, I know you say we a lot. Can you give the listeners a bit of an insight into, um, I mean, Free the Bird, Sounds like it was just you shooting the weddings. And then when did you bring your first staff member on and kind of how did that transition to scaling? I think I always say we in any of my businesses or projects because I believe no one's self-made and everyone has help in some way. So I, I credit everybody around me, you know, like Ryan, we had a conversation in a bar. Like I, I say like we, you know, you came along and you gave me some insight. That's That means I've had help. So Throughout my whole life, I always say we and us because I'm talking about like everyone that's been along the trip and has helped us out. Morgan was my first employee. He came along in like 2015, but he was the first guy that came and joined us. And um, obviously at the time, I couldn't pay him very much at all. He was only doing a couple days a week and uh, we kind of built it up. And um, Morgan and I started Heartbreak Hotel, which was a DJ photo booth business. And we did that together. And then from there, Morgan's been helping me with literally everything. And we've been a bit of an inseparable team, I guess. So, yeah. Awesome, man. And and um, I want to jump into your social media audience from the viewer's perspective. They'll see a large audience realistically, and, and you've got multiple platforms. Now, building your social media audience. Now, you had Free the Bird. I know you're a definitely an awarded photographer, an amazing, credible creative. When you started your workshops, did you start another 
Instagram page, social media platform, and how did you generate momentum with that? Yes, I had one called Free the Bird Workshop and I used to post on it every day and I changed that to Free the Bird Presets actually. So uh, it's still sitting there and it's just a dead account now. I think there's like maybe a couple of thousand people on there or a few thousand people. And um, man, it's just like you... Like social media is all about being social and being the media. So you need to choose where you want to be putting your time. And I believe it's like a very social thing. So I think like listening, like if you can listen to what people want and you can produce stuff that people will resonate with or it will uh, make them think a little bit different or it will judge their beliefs or their mindset or something like that. And yeah, I think then people will take notice. A lot of us, we try and fit in with social media. And I think when you try and fit in, then you don't stand out. And it literally does the opposite to what you want. You can't get followers. And many of us, we try and get followers and, and we're not a leader. So you need to become a leader if you want a following, because that's what a whole, like a follower is a leader, right? And I think not many of us standing up for what we believe in or like having the courage to have a voice in the industry or standing up for ourselves or for other people or helping other people when they need it and things like that. And I think those things... I guess like the true characteristics of a leader. So it's like someone that shows up. Like for instance, man, like during the pandemic, like we doubled down and went hardcore into everything in education because I knew like if I was a real educator, the only time that anyone ever needed me was in 2020, right? So it was like, that means like, doesn't matter if we're making money or not making money. doesn't matter if we're losing out because, you know, we were big time. It's like put all resources into what our mission is and that's helping people at this very moment. And I think you know, it's too many of us, we think about how do you get followers? How do you get likes? How do you get interactions? How do you get engagement? And we forget that it's not about getting, it's about giving because we are always attracted to those that give us something, a compliment, some energy, a hug, like, you know, some advice, like something like that. And I think when you're selflessly giving all the time, like you attract people like a magnet. Yeah, incredible. So, so Jai, I know you've got a lot of ideas and you've got a lot of things on the table. How do you come up with your ideas? Man, my ideas are like in the shower is one way. I always have a long shower in the mornings and it's always like really important for me because it gives me time to think. I think the water running just gives me time to think without any other distractions, no phone in my hand or anything like that. But ideas are not something that are, are scarce in my life. Like there is, I have books and books, journals all around me all the time where I'm just writing down ideas. I have too many and that's probably a weakness of mine, really. <laughs> what makes you validate those ideas and then proceed to executing on any of those? If I get excited about an idea, then I usually think that it's probably a good idea because I think about like, if I seen someone else do this, I would be excited about that or I'd, I'll be mind blown or I'd be inspired or I'd be motivated. And, and then when I think that, I'm like, I, don't, I haven't seen anyone do this before. And when I think about the outcome, how I would feel going into my intuition, then I'm like, I think this is a really good idea. And many of us, man, we go to school and we get taught to lose our intuition. Like we get taught to like write down an actual business plan and like work out your return on investment and, you know, what are the stats and all that kind of stuff. And we forget that we have intuition that we can call on at any stage and we need to go with it. Like if it looks wrong on paper, but feels right in your heart, I think then you know that like against all odds, you're going to make it work. You just don't know how it's going to happen yet, but you can go for it. And then what's Jai, what's the next normal step for you there when once you've become excited about an idea, you, you know it in your heart that, I mean, 
like I, I think chatting to yourself like no skin like that's jai like i could see how passionate you'd be about something like that as well living and breathing that kind of lifestyle as well so like once you're excited about it what's the next step for you generally then are you like full planning it out are you writing business plans are you more the guy that just like hey let's just dive in and let's see where this goes from there uh i'm definitely just the going guy so i barely plan anything out and i always just work on the first step i'm like okay so Imagine if I want to run the biggest wedding photography workshop in the world and it's going to be a summit. So I'm like, you know, that idea just came from like me going, I need, I had an epiphany moment. I'm like, I need to teach every single wedding photographer on the planet. Like that's what I need to do because people appreciate so much when I'm sitting in a room with them. Imagine if I could bring that to all the rooms and all the planets. So I have idea, no idea how to do it, but then I get to work straight away. What's step number one? What do I need to do? What do I need to put into my calendar? And I pounce on it so quick. Like business in 2021 right now, it's all about speed. It used to be about size. It used to be about you know money. It used to be about what resources you have on hand. But these days, it's all about speed. So I can go from idea to launching the idea literally within that week. And I think it's one strength that I have that I see not many people have because people are always asking for permission from other people, which they don't need to. And for me, I'm like, I give myself the permission to succeed to fail to look stupid in front of people like i don't care because it's me playing in the world you know it's i I think i said this to morgan the other day like the upside's just infinite the downside is like like it's like tripping over it's not that far so you know it's not like falling off a cliff or anything so yeah i'm I'm ready to go up (laughs) i really want to dive into the wedding summit but i've got a couple of other questions for you jai and i know i've actually been asked for a few members of my audience that they want to know what a jai long's day looks like from the start to the finish what's a typical day in the life of jai look like uh so i get up really early like probably about 4 to 4 30 usually and now it's really dark in Melbourne. So I used to go straight out to the gym, straight out to the park or something. But now I'm actually just sort of laying in bed a little bit more. And I make sure I spend at least about half an hour on social media. So I got to like keep my time in and make sure that I'm putting in the reps in social media because the same as anything, like you have to put in the reps, right? You can't just grow a following by like not being there unless you're some sort of superstar or whatever, uh, which is not myself. So I put in the reps, then... Before sunrise, I will put in an audio book or a podcast and I will just start going for a walk. And lately I've been talking on Clubhouse as well. And I'll go for a walk for probably like an hour and a half. And then I just think it's like my time and it's where I go and get a coffee and I come up with ideas, come up with strategy, I I reflect. Then from there, straight to the studio, get here about 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then I just start prioritizing like what's the most important thing? How's all the team going? What needs to be address straight away. And then I usually do a couple hours of work, whether that's like editing or something somewhere for something. And then it's all about front of house stuff. Where can I show up? What can I do? And then about three o'clock, I run out of energy, run out of steam. You can't even talk to me after three o'clock. I just got nothing going on. And yeah, so that's pretty much my day just sort of transitions to like a nice early, probably 8.30 in bed. I think it's a beautiful thing sharing that, Jai. Thanks, man. I I like personally as well hearing about, yeah, people's day in their life. So obviously, I I, I really wanted to do this um, episode to chat about the wedding summit. As soon as I uh, seen the lineup of the speakers, like a lot of people, seen that number one on the top, Gary V, all the other incredible people, Jose Villa, like the lineup 
like gives me goosebumps to to see these names there and to see you hosting this event like man it is the biggest thing I've ever seen in the photography world. Now, I want to talk about, you've kind of spoken about how the summit came about um, as an idea and, and when you've done, I know you've already had a successful summit previously. Could you give the listeners insight into what is the summit, what to expect if they haven't joined up, how they can join? And yeah, we'll go from there. Man, the, the way that I view something like this, like a summit, it's to me, in my eyes, it's equivalent to like a music festival. So a lot of us, like we love the favorite, our favorite bands. And then when we love our favorite bands, we go and watch them live. And it's like an intimate and amazing show that they give us all the energy. But sometimes we don't even know, you know, we, we need a new favorite band. And the summit really came about as like, how can you get as many people on a stage so people can like absorb so much knowledge from so many different people. And then from there, if they like that person more, they can dive in deeper into like what they're about and their social media and, and their education and, and whatever they bring to the world. So that's really what it is. It's like more so than anything, man, like the, my whole concept of it is like, um, it's not even about teaching. It's like we work alone all the time and we have an incredible community all around the world and we are very disconnected in so many different ways. And this was like a celebration of like, how can you bring everyone into a room that has a common goal that all want to level themselves up and, um, and just celebrate like us working triumphs, you know, failures, like so many things that we all go through all the time and to be able to get into a room vent about it, but then also listen to some of the greats that have been there and listen to some people that are like, you know, like Gary V that have done things that are just mind blowing. Man, for, for the price for something like this, like to get into a room with someone like Gary V and Jose V and all these people, you know, even Jose V, man, like he doesn't talk anywhere ever. This is such a rare thing for him to come out and do. So it's like a bigger deal than what I think people even think. And I think having the opportunity to be in a room, listen to these people talk. It's something that's so important when we spend so much time in our own heads and trying to learn from social media and we're trying, you know, that we can feel isolated a lot of the times. So it's just a big giant celebration. And I hope it just brings like uh, creativity, but more so than anything else, like momentum and motivation. And so for the listener out there that hasn't signed up, what what's the process for them? How does the platform kind of come out to them? Is it an interactive platform? Do they get to ask questions? Yeah, can they rewatch the episodes and stuff like that? Yeah, good question, man. So what we do is we, uh, it's all in PDT time, which is in Los Angeles. And so myself and the team, because we're in Australia, we have to wake up at 3 a.m. No, we're going to start broadcasting at 3 a.m., not wake up. And what we do is we broadcast it live. So you can buy a ticket at $7 and it's live only. And so you can literally show up and it's me talking. I, I introduce the speakers. Then we have 13 speakers now that will be over two days. And we'll have a clubhouse going at the same time. We've got a chat box at the same time. I'm going to have a big chat box next to me so I can actually like talk to people so they can ask questions. People can submit in questions for me to ask Jose Villa and to ask Gary V and things like that as well. So it's like very interactive and everyone gets to talk to each other. And I mean, last year, the vibe was just like amazing. And the speakers, you know, they get into the chat box as well and they're, and they're like interacting with everybody. So it's just like amazing how everyone can come together and they can talk about what's happening and they can submit in their questions and stuff like that. Then we do have VIP and it's 12 month access. So we changed it up from last time. Last time it was $7 and it gave you 24 hours access, but we got about, for one, it was really hard for us to do, like insanely hard with all the tech and everything. And then two, 
We had about 3,000 emails from people around the world that were upset that the 24 hours was over and they believed we should have gave them some more hours, not thinking that they could just upgrade to VIP. So this time we've just made it live only so no one complains because it's, you know, that's just like setting those expectations. And then we halve the price of VIP to make it very affordable for everybody else, which is $47. And then they get an extra group coaching call with me as well. So that's like the concept of like how the actual event actually plays out. Man, that's incredible. I have to ask Jai, how did you get Gary V on? Good question. I was hoping you're going to ask me this. <laughs> <laughs> After the last summit, we were kind of celebrating and uh, I think someone asked me like, well, what would be next? How can you make it bigger and better? Because I'm always about like bigger and better and just pushing like what we can do. And I had a bit of a joke and I said, like, we need to get someone big, maybe someone like Gary Vee or something. And then we had a bit of a laugh and I was like, yeah, like that's never going to happen. Like we're just wedding photographers sort of thing. And then that got me thinking in my head for a little bit, like probably a week. And I was like, why? can't the wedding photography industry have big players coming in? Like, why are we so small? And why have I got that limiting belief that I believe I can't reach out to him? Like people reach out to me all the time. So I sent him a DM on Instagram and got nothing back. And then I kind of let it go for another month. And then I, I contacted him again and we were sort of brainstorming. We also thought it was like a bad idea. It's like going to cost too much money and like people are going to hate us because not everyone loves Gary Vee. And there was like a lot of tension between like, is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Like, all that kind of stuff. It's much riskier for us, of course. But then I reached out and um, I did get in touch with him. And he said, get in touch with his team, basically. So I sent them an email. They sent me an email back that was pretty much a hard no, saying like, because I explained the business model and everything. They said, well, I think Gary Vee's probably too big for this event. Plus, I think he's too expensive for this event. Plus, like, I just don't think it's the right fit. So here's a list of people that would be perfect for your event. And they gave me a list of people I never even heard of before. So I kind of was thrown back again. And for probably another three weeks or something, I was thinking about that. And I was like, too expensive. And I was like, what? Like, too big? I was like, nah, we need to go back to this. So I went back. And I just wrote another email and I was like, look, I'll get 10 extra jobs if I have to. Like I'll get it, I'll sell my leg, whatever it may, like whatever I have to do to make it happen. Because we haven't even talked about price at this stage. I'm like, we will make this happen, right? And then from there, I said like, this is the biggest, most riskiest thing that I've ever done. This is something that's going to really help our industry. It's going to expand so many people's minds. So many people know who he is in our industry. And I just believe it's a missed opportunity if he's not here. So a week goes past, they submitted that email to Gary Vee on his office and then he looked at it and then they wrote back saying like, he's accepted it, he's going to do it, like blah, blah, blah. So they sent me over the contract and stuff. We talked, you know, terms and conditions, all that kind of stuff. And then it was locked in. And then I wrote him a message on Instagram saying like, man, I can't wait. Like, it's going to be incredible. And then he just wrote back saying, Jai, I'm going to be bringing, bringing the fire to your community, man. Can't wait. <laughs> and, um, and that was it. <laughs> Persistence, huh? On it, man. Like just not accepting no's, you know, like, and I think a lot of the times no's for me gives me more fuel because it's like, why? Like, who do you have to be? How special do you have to be to have opportunities? And I just don't believe in that model. I believe we all should should be able to have an opportunity. I'm sure uh, Gary respected that as well. I remember watching a, a YouTube video of him couple of years ago and it was so interesting. Uh, my niece was trying to find a job and Gary it just rung a bell of my remembrance of what he had said. And he said, like, if you want a job in a specific industry, go out there and be persistent. If they say no, you say yes. And be like, I don't want to be paid. I'll work for you for a year. I don't expect one thing in return, but the, what you get from that persistence and not taking no for an answer, 
like it shows that person like Gary that you're actually down like you're keen you're not just like oh okay cool I'll just go with one of these lineups that you've suggested and I don't really care about you that much totally yeah, so, man mate like when I seen Gary V there I was just like holy <laughs> like awesome work man and I was like super proud I like called my mate I was like man Jai what's next what's next huh like running for president so, <laughs> so Jai, just just one thing man a lot of people in the industry that I know at the moment I want to bring it back and guys just as well just before I do this um yeah like the summit I'm going to be joining the summit I don't think you need to be anywhere in the industry to think you're above anything like this like it is an incredible opportunity seven dollars or 47 dollars or whatever that is like god damn that like to speak to some people like this, I won't mention any names, but I did reach out to one of your speakers. Well, this was going back five, six years ago. And a mentoring session was 10, I think it was 10,000 US dollars for an hour. I mean, there's your value right there, right? Like, and I was very, yeah, I know, very man. close, very, very close to paying that. <laughs> so I will definitely be in attendance. But I just want to bring it back dry. I know a lot of photographers in the industry at the moment have, you know, might have a successful photography business. They might be shooting 50 weddings or whatever the number they want to do is, but they really struggle stepping outside. They're looking for something else. Do you have any suggestions for them? I know if you throw workshops around there, like myself, throw podcasts around there, or they're looking at a product range. Like, do you have any suggestions for the way they can lean into diversifying like you have now to so many different kinds of areas? Yeah, everyone's completely different, man. And it comes down to so like everyone's personality, how much you want to hustle, all that kind of stuff. But like one thing, of course, I can say is like business, like it doesn't matter how much money you're making and business means nothing unless you're using it for cash flow and investing somehow because that's like what the end goal is. So even if you're investing, like for myself, I invest, you know, cryptocurrency, shares, property, stuff like that. And it's behind the scenes stuff that people don't see. And that's how I, like I make a lot of the times my actual money and, you know, it allows me to do other things. And I think, um, a lot of the times we, we're so obsessed over like how much we make in our business, how much we're charging, charging what we're worth, not feeling undervalued, adding more products in to have like more passive income. And I think we concentrate on the wrong things because you could make $40,000 a year and you could, you know, retire a millionaire in 10 years if you knew what to do. And I think, Instead of trying to add more products and hustle and work harder, I think you need to get educated and literate on money. And I think if I was, you know, someone now that's like kind of made it peak in their business, I would personally be going to like financial advisors and learning this kind of stuff. Like, so that's the business model I'll be going. And then from there, once you've done that, then I'll be thinking like, okay, so I could probably add on something extra or, you know, do something extra, but that's for sure. Number one, where I'd be going. Man, that's awesome. I think, uh, yeah, it's a good way to hone that in. Like you said, you can have all these businesses in the world, but if you don't know what you're doing with your money, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. If, you're, if your goal is to generate wealth and, and future uh, wealth for retirement or whatever in our age. So yeah, appreciate that, Jai. Well, here's, here's a good example too, man. Like think about so many wedding photographers get paid so much money, but for some reason, none of them are rich, right? Mm. And like, I remember when I was like earning 50 grand a year, I was like, if I earn a hundred grand a year, I'd be rich. And then what happened? I earned a hundred grand and I wasn't rich. Then I was like, if I earn half a million dollars a year, I'd be rich. What happened? I earned half a million dollars and I wasn't rich. And the thing is like, we spend as much as we make and we believe because the business is making money, then we're making money, but it's not the truth at all. And I think we need to, like, if you're just upping your spend and you're getting a nicer house and a bigger house and a better car and a new equipment and you're upgrading every time something comes out, new phone, you know, like whatever it is, 
you're stuck in the trap and it's going to be really hard for you to get out. And just to prove the point, look around of all the wedding photographers that make so much money and they're not rich or anyone else. Like, you know, I've got friends that are doctors and they're not rich. And it just comes down to that. I've got friends that make barely any money and they've got more money in their bank, more passive income that, and they could probably retire. And, you know, it just comes down to the actual knowledge. So yeah, just wanted to really drive that point home and give a, a, a real world example. Man, that's beautiful, Jai. Hey, Jai, I want to finish up on another question, mate. I think you answered this last time. I'm going to go back over our notes and, and re-listen to episode 10 uh, and see kind of what your answers were there. But if you could share three implementable things photographers can do now to level up either their business or their pockets, what would that be? Three, huh? Okay. <laughs> I should have wrote this down. Okay, so... One thing is uh, photographers that make a lot of mistakes is they treat customers like they're in a car yard selling them cars and they just never ring them back because they never think that the person never wants another car, right? And so it feels really shitty, I think. And I think you have a database of clients that love what you do and I think it's a shame if you're not trying to get back to those people. Maybe they need family photos. Maybe they need corporate headshots. Maybe they need you know something else. Maybe they have friends getting married, like there's always opportunity there and they're your hot audience. So, so many of us, we're just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, totally over hunting for the next person. And I think you're not going to create a community like that. So if you want true success, you need to create a community around you of people that will, you know, celebrate your successes, what you're doing, that will show up and pay for stuff. Like, man, here's a good example. Like I have some like, you know, diehard fans out there in my community that love what I do because I bring them so much that they literally buy some of my products sometimes and say, I won't ever use it. I just wanted to support you, you know? And I've actually had people in the wedding industry, the same thing, like past clients. Like I didn't actually want some prints, but I bought them to support you during COVID and then I'm going to give them to my parents, you know? And it's just like, if you're just going back all the time to the, to the OGs that love what you do, what you're putting out to the world, I think it's a missed opportunity. So that's number one. Number two, man, is like people just don't get to work. Like for my whole career, right, I have been, people have like kick stones at me because I'm the person that has worked for free, undercut the market. Like I just get out there and I do things. Like people hate it. People hate the summit because the Jai's bringing the world's most education for $7. Like fuck you, Jai. You know, it's just like people, there's always someone that hates the ideas that I'm doing, right? And I think instead of being on the sidelines hating the players, I think you need to get out there and actually get to work. And the second that you just get to work, working for free, like I don't care, man, I've worked for free for years in my life. Like I still do things for free. Like I do whatever it takes, wherever, just to get some more knowledge. You might be paid in some knowledge and an experience, like in whatever else it is. And I think if you're not running on ego, you you can blow up your business because if you have the hum- humility to actually show up and help and to like grow your business and like actually bring in income for your family and actually be able to buy and invest and make opportunities and hire people, I think that's you're playing a different game. So stop trying to like charge what you're worth and realize what your real worth is. Like maybe you're overestimating what your worth is because if people are not knocking down your door right now to get what you have, then chances are you're probably overestimated what you're actually worth and you need to go out there and you need to build and earn that worth. So that's number two. Number three is, man, there's there's a classic thing where I think a lot of us, we are always looking at what other people are doing in our industry. So we're competing and comparing and or we're trying to bring people down sometimes. Like I've got people sometimes that are trying to bring me down. They're trying to, you know, for them to build a building, they're trying to burn my building down kind of thing. And, you know, we, we think like this a lot. And I think 
I'm never scared of those people because when someone's trying to bring down my building, I know what they're concentrating on and that's me, not their business, which means they're going to be left way behind. And I'm only ever scared of the people that fixated on themselves like they're competing and comparing with themselves like they literally don't even know what anyone else is doing you know they just have no idea they don't know what other people are charging they don't care because they know where they need to be how much they need to make what they need to do and they're relentless after it and i think the second that you stop following all the people that you think you need to be following just to follow in their footsteps and you start blazing your own path then people will take notice and then all of a sudden you've got a voice worth listening to Man, put you on the spot. Big three there, Jai. So thank you, man. I, uh, yeah, no planning on that, but man, appreciate that. There are some big tips there to all the all the people out there listening. And Jai, want to um thank you for your time, man. Like I know you're a busy guy. You're kicking some big goals. You're making you are making your own path. You know that, Jai. And um, always from Queensland, mate. Always, um, yeah, super proud when I see you doing these big things and paving the way for all everyone else. So thanks for your time, Jai. Everything will be linked out guys wedding summit 25th 26th of may uh there'll be a link out to the website all of dry's instagram handles and everything in turn so appreciate it dry man thank you so much for jumping on this episode appreciate you ryan man hopefully i catch up with you soon on the gold coast and we can go and have a beer or a latte or something <laughs> <laughs> latte's good latte yeah sounds good see you man cool bro